Well, here's what you do. Turn to 1 John chapter 3. And the verse that we're going to look at, uh, of the handout that I gave you had basically verses 6, 7, 8, and 9. We're just going to look at verse 9. And I'm going to get, this is going to be a little bit hard. Let me tell you why. Because uh, we're going to look at a, a principle, something taught in the Bible. And then we're going to see how our Bibles translate the original language. And we're going to see what's right and what's wrong, and then how all this fits together. So it's kind of a little complicated deal, okay? So let's start with this, and, and I'm, I'm going to be looking at this and not these notes. But when you think about First John, there are a lot of hard places. In fact, over the years I've taught almost every book of the Bible. Uh, one that I haven't taught, especially from Sunday morning, is First John, because First John is the one that probably... You'd, you'd probably need to have a lot of interaction. It would probably need to be something like a class or a Sunday night thing or something else so that you could have a lot of interaction. Uh, there's a place that says no one who abides in him sins. And, and that's true. And some people look at that and say, what do you mean? No one who abides sins. So if we abide, we won't sin. The bottom line there, if you're in fellowship with God, you won't sin. Okay, that's what it's saying. Now, next, this is the one I want you to think about today. No one born of God sins, because they cannot sin. Okay, now let me ask you a question. How many of us in this room have been born of God or born again? How many? A verse says, no one born of God sins. So how does that fit? So, yeah, you knew that. So, let's talk about it. This is why it's got a hard passage. And I want you to see something. I'm gonna, it, most of you have seen this before, but I'm going to teach it so, so you can grasp it. Second Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he's a what? New creation. So, let's look at something. This is an unbeliever. Unbeliever has a body, a soul, a conscience, and a flesh. We just drew it up like that way. The body holds everything together. The soul has the mind, the emotion, and the will. It relates to the world around us. Conscience actually tells us right from wrong. Uh, the Bible talks about that we have the law written on our hearts. That people know right from wrong. And then there's the flesh, which is the natural bent to what? To sin. To sin. Okay, now, what happens when we believe in Jesus Christ? When we're born again? Notice... We have what we call the new human spirit. That's what's born of God, a new human uh, human spirit. We're born again. We were dead in trespasses and sins. Now we're alive. And then the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us. So here's what I want you to think about this. In this drawing, what has been born of God? Let's start this way. Is the body born of God? No. How about the conscience? No. How about the soul? No. How about the flesh? No. How about the Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit born of God? No. How about the human spirit? Yes. Okay, so there's a part of us that the moment you believe in Jesus Christ, you're born again, you're born from above, you're regenerated, there is a new part of you. Okay, now I'm going to teach you something that most of you know, I've taught this before. That new part of you cannot sin. Cannot sin. When you sin... As a new creation in Christ, what's sinning? The flesh is sinning. Okay? So here's what I want you to comprehend. And a lot of people don't know this, have never even heard this. That when you're a born-again person, that that part of you which is born again cannot sin. Does not sin. That's the new creation. That's why when Paul talks about it and says, live out who we are, we are a new creation in Christ. We should live out as a new creation in Christ. Now, here's the thing, and I want you to grasp it. 
That part of you, and the reason I'm highlighting this is we're going to see it, that part of you cannot sin. Okay? So when you sin, what's sinning? The flesh. Paul writes, and we're going to see it a little bit later on, Paul writes and says that when I sin, it is no longer me doing it. Now, what does he mean by that? What's what's the new creation? The new creation doesn't sin. But what sins? Paul says, when I sin, it is no longer me doing it, but sin within me. So I want you to grasp something that, and this is going to be a hard one today. This is going to be hard. It's because here we as a believer, we have a body, a soul, a conscience, a flesh, the Holy Spirit, and a human spirit, the part born again. This part cannot sin. This part does. Walk in the Spirit, of course, power of the Holy Spirit, uh, control of the human spirit, and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So there's a battle, right? What's going on inside of us? A battle between the Spirit and the flesh. There's the battle. The new creation cannot, what? Sin, but the old flesh can. Okay. Now, since I'm doing this without notes, I have to see where I'm supposed to go next. Okay. Now, here's what I want you to think about. In the gospel, in, in the, in the book of First John, the whole emphasis of the letter as a whole is on abiding and fellowship. That's what it's about. Uh, about, oh, I, let me throw this out. This is what I didn't see. But believers still sin. In fact, 1 John 1 8 says, if we say we have no sin, we're deceiving ourselves. Well, how can that be if the new creation doesn't sin? What sins? Flesh. Okay, I think you've got it. Okay, so uh, the book of John, uh, first, uh, first John, the, the, the abiding, that's the key. It's about being in fellowship. We're going to see these verses in a second. But the gospel of John, the key is believing and having eternal life. Ninety-eight times he says salvation is by faith. And so when you look at the two books, the gospel of John uses the word believe 98 times because he's talking about eternal life. When you go to 1 John, he uses the word abide about 15 times because the whole emphasis of the book is fellowship. I just want you to see that. So in 1 John, this is the only place in 1 John that he deals with eternal life salvation and he uses the word believe. Okay, so you got that? Let me move, let me move to my notes so I can see where I am. Alright, now. In order for us to grasp the next part, I want to remind you again, what do we see? The unbeliever has a body, a soul, a conscience, a flesh. When we believe, all of a sudden we become alive. We are, we were, we were dead and now we're what? Alive. What kind of alive? We are spiritually alive. We were already a physically alive, right? We don't become physically alive when we believe in Jesus. We're already physically alive. But what, what, what was dead and now is alive, that's the human spirit. That's the part of us that relates to God. Let me just say that I didn't really bring it out a while ago. As you know, the body holds everything together. The soul relates to the world. The conscience is right from wrong. The flesh is the natural bent to sin. And by the way, the, the flesh never, never does right. The flesh is, as Paul says in Romans, is, is, is an enemy of God and never sighs to serve him and can't serve him. So the flesh is always bad. When we talk about the Holy Spirit, that's God's power in us. And the human spirit is a part of us that now can relate to God. Before we trust in Jesus Christ as Savior, the natural man cannot know the things of God. But now we can. Now we can know and understand the things of God. We're a new creation in Christ. Now get ready because this is where it gets hard. Okay? We're going to look at First John chapter 3, verse 9. 
And here's what it says. No one who is born of God practices sin because his seed abides in him. And he what? Cannot sin because he is born of God. I want to stop and I want to, I want you to understand something. This is not what the Bible actually says. That's from the New American Standard right there. Okay, now let me, let me explain something to you. This passage in 1 John chapter 3 verse 9 says, no one born of God practices sin. Why? Because his seed abides in him. God's made him a new creation. And he what? Cannot sin because he is born of God. Why doesn't it say, and he cannot practice sin because he is born of God? It doesn't say that. Now, I want you to understand, how many of you in here have a New American Standard? How many of you have an NIV? A needs improvement version. Okay, how many of you have... Uh, Please don't, please don't tell me that you have an NLT. Don't have that. Okay. How many of you have a new King James or an old King James? You do. Would you read that verse, 1 John chapter 3 verse 9 in the King James? Okay. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin. Because he is born of God. The King James says, whoever is born of God cannot commit sin. He doesn't say practice sin. What does, if you read that verse right there, and it says no one born of God practices sin, you could say that if you are living in sin, you probably aren't what? What? What do people say? Look at that person living with their girlfriend, doing this, doing this, lying, cheating, stealing. They must not be a Christian. Why? Because no one born of God practices sin. But the Bible doesn't say practice sin. The only translation I have found so far that gets it right is the old King James or the new King James. Now, let's look at it in the original language. Okay? Yeah. Okay. You got it? You see it, right? Okay, now I'm going to show you something because it's not that hard. Watch this. This is the Bible in Greek. All, the one having been born. That's what it says. All, the one having been born out of God does not do sin. There's the not. Does not do sin. It doesn't say does not practice sin. There are two Greek words for to do. There's this word, it's called poeo, and it means to do or to make. There is another Greek word called proso, which means to practice something. Is the word proso there? It is not the word to practice, it is the word to do. So the King James says, anyone born out of God does not commit or do sin. That's the only one that's right. New American Standard didn't get it right. In fact, the reason they didn't is because they assume that if you say anybody born of God does not sin, then how does that go back to John chapter, first John chapter one verse eight that says we all sin? They said, well, we gotta make it match. Now the problem is they didn't make it match because they, they, they quoted the rest, rest of the verse that says he, what? Cannot sin. Now, if you got questions, we're going to open it up in just a minute, but because this may not take very long. I just want you to guess this. But here, the bottom line is this. Anyone having been born of God does not sin, does not do sin. 
because his seed remains in him and, watch this, he is not able to sin because he has been born out of God. The original language says, anyone born of God does not do sin. Okay? So all I want you to see, and I don't want you to get all upset, but for some reason, almost all of the translators put the word practice sin in 1 John chapter 3, verse 9, because they thought that it made more sense. But if the new creation cannot sin, can the new creation sin? Then what does this verse say? All the ones born of God does not do what? Sin. Why? Because his seed abides in him and he is what? Not able to what? Sin. What is not able to sin? The, the, the new creation, the, the human spirit. What's able to sin? The flesh. Okay, so I want you to see that. It, it's, it, it kind of, it really makes you mad because the, I'm, I'm here, here's the, here's 1st John chapter 3 verse 9, New American Standard. No one is born of God practices sin because his seed abides in him and he cannot sin because he's born of God. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say no one is born of God practices sin. It says no one is born of God does sin. It doesn't say practice. There's a Greek word for practice. Proso. They didn't use it. In fact, let me show you something else. If you got a New American Standard, it goes back to verse 8 and, and, uh, it says, the one who practices sin is of the devil. It doesn't say that there. It says the one who sins is of the devil. It doesn't say practice. So our translators put words in there. Now that's why it's important to look at different translations. It's important if you can know the language. That's one reason I went to seminary so I could learn Greek and Hebrew. So I can look at the languages and see how they fit. You understand that every translation is made by people. And people have their biases when they make translations. How many of you have uh, the NLT, the new, what is it, the New Living Translation? Oh, gosh. They take passages and actually add words that aren't in the Scripture at all. So I, I, I tell people it's a great reading book, but it's not a study book. Okay, so... We still sin as believers. Why? Because if we say we have no sin, well, what's he talking about? All right. What's he talking about? Anyone born of God does what? Does not do what? Sin. Why? Because his seed abides in him and he cannot sin. What's he talking about? He's talking about this part of us cannot sin. You don't have to put the word practice in there. In fact, if you put the word practice in there, it implies that a Christian who sins ongoing must not be a Christian. And that's not true. How many of you have sinned ongoing at times in your life? Nah, get them up. Get them up. <laughs> See, and, and if you practice sin, it says you're, you're not a believer. You're not born of God. But that doesn't say that. This passage actually says anyone born of God does not do sin. The new creation in Christ does not and cannot sin. The old part of us, the flesh, is still there. It can and does sin. So I want to read for you. I want you to turn to Romans chapter 7. Hold your place there, because we'll come back to it and turn to the book of Romans, Romans chapter 7, 
And we're going to see what Paul says about all this. Romans 7, look at verse 15. Now, tell me how many of you identify with this. For what I'm doing, I don't understand. I'm not practicing what I'd like to do, but I'm doing the very thing I hate. But if I'm doing the very thing I don't want to do, I agree with the law, confessing the law is good. So now, no longer am I the one doing it, but sin which dwells in me. Now, what does he mean by that? When he says, when I'm sinning, it's not me doing it. What is he talking about? The new creation. What is what is doing it? The flesh. He says, it is what? Sin which dwells in me. By the way, when you look in the Bible and they use sin in a singular form, like sin within me, that's talking about your flesh. When it's talking about personal sins, it's oh, it's plural. So he's saying, sin within me. That's the, the, the flesh. So Paul says... Uh, it's no longer I'm the one doing it. I'm not doing the sin. You could say to Paul, have you lost your mind? Are you schizophrenic? Do you think you're two different people? No, Paul says, no, no, I'm not two different people. I'm a new person and an old person at the same time. And my new part can't sin. That's not the one sinning. It's this part that's sinning. Does this make sense? Maybe I shouldn't have brought this up. I should have skipped it. But anyway, it's it's some good stuff. Okay, look what Paul goes on to say. Um Move on to, uh, look, look, look at verse 18. For I know that nothing good dwells in me. That is my what? Flesh. Look over at not verse 19. For the good that I want to do, I don't do. I practice the very evil that I don't want to do. If I'm doing the very thing I don't want to do, I'm no longer the one doing it. Who's doing it? When you sin, are you the new creation sinning? No. What's sinning? Flesh. Watch what Paul says. I find, verse 21, I find the principle that evil is present in me, the one who wants to do good. Do you find that principle? Are you born again? Are you born of God? His seed abides in you. Can you sin? No. No. The born again part can't. You can't sin, can you? Right? You cannot sin. Why do you sin then? Flesh. So the reason I bring this up is because when people put in the scripture that if you practice sin, you're not born of God, it doesn't say that. And when you say that, that implies that if a Christian is caught in sin and is doing sin, it implies that they're not a Christian. And that's wrong. You can be a Christian and live in sin. Now, I've got one more. Turn back to First John chapter 5. And look at verse 18. This is New American Standard. What does it say? We know. Do I have it up here? I don't know. Yeah. Let me get past it. Okay. He says this. We know that no one who is born of God does what? Sins. Is that accurate? Of course it's accurate. Why did they translate that there? Why didn't they put practice sin there? Why did they not, why did they just say in, in 1 John 3, 9, anybody born of God does not do sin? Why didn't they, why did they put practice in there? Why didn't they put practice here? It's inconsistent. This is right. Is it true? 
the new person does not and cannot sin? Is that true? Yeah. Well, there it is. We know, that's oida, that's a Greek word. We know that all the ones having been born out of God do not sin. Do not sin. That's the Greek word harmatia, which means sin. It could be a verb, it can be a noun. You can sin, which is a verb, or you can have sin in your life, which is a noun. Well, so, in 1 John 3, abide is fellowship, born of God, cannot sin, is a new creation. So let's abide in Christ so we can know Christ, live righteously, and not sin. So, can you, as a new creation, sin? No. Can you, as a person, sin? Why do you sin? Flesh. Okay, so when you see 1 John... Chapter 3, verse 9, and it says, no one born of God practices sin. You should say to yourself, that's not right. And the, and you're right, because if you go back to the Greek manuscripts, it doesn't say proso, it says poeo. It says to do sin, not to practice sin. So, uh, it's really frustrating. I went and looked, uh, in NIV, how does the NIV read? Anybody got an NIV? Does it say practice? Huh? Huh? Continues. It says continues. Yeah, continues to sin. Okay. I looked up the net Bible. The net Bible said it means to practice. It doesn't mean to practice. I, I don't I don't understand it. Yes. Huh? What does it say? It says everyone who has been born of God does not sin because his seed remains in him. He is not able to sin because... So it, it doesn't say practice there. That's the what? The Christian standard, standard Bible. Christian Standard Bible gets it right. I, I, don't, I don't think I have that one, so that's why I didn't get the... Hey, come on in. Um, yeah. There's other places where it says practice in First John. Mm-hmm. Are they all... The, the part that I looked in chapter 3, they're, they're all poeo and not proso. Okay. They shouldn't say practice. That's in John, First John 3. I didn't look at all the other places. The one that says practices is of the devil, it's not practice there, it's poeo. So anyway, I'm sorry to bring this up. I, I, I wish I had done something else. But anyway, uh, any questions before we break? And then we can talk about it and be mad and everything. In our, I, I want you to understand that the, the, I think the New American Standard, Standard Translation is the best it fits, I use the, what, I'll just say it this way. The Greek translation that the New American Standard is, New American Standard is based off is the UBS 3 text. That's what I use. And so when I study Greek and then go to the English, it matches perfectly, except for a verse like this. Um, that's why I like New American Standard. NIV is, it, every translation has issues. Every translation. You just gotta remember that. We, you know, we just looked at the Gospel of Mark, what, a couple of weeks ago and realized there are three endings to the Gospel of Mark. You know, which one do you use? So the Bible is perfect. We got 6,000 Greek manuscripts of the New Testament. So it's not that we don't have enough. It has, we have so many that sometimes you have to look and say, what is the best reading? What, what, does it say Lord Jesus Christ or Jesus Christ our Lord? So, uh, yeah, yes. 
silly, but what is the difference between practice and do? What is the what's the point well? Practice gives an idea of if I yes yeah, and that's why what what's what what's translated uh, what's translated it uh, what, what was your translation? Continue to sin, and what translation is that? NIV. NIV says continue. So it gives this idea that if you're doing sin over and over, you're not born of God. Well, do it. Yeah, you might do it once. I mean, that's what that's what it actually says in the Greek. Does not sin. Does not. Yeah. Not doesn't practice it. Yes, Terry. Yeah, yeah, let's see if I can go back to, oops. Okay, when we say the flesh, it has an idea of the body. But the flesh is a natural part of a human being, the fallen part of a person that has a natural bent to sin. We come into the world dead in trespasses and sin, okay, and that idea is there. And so people on the inside have a conscience, a soul, and a flesh, best we can understand. As an unbeliever, you have a conscience which tells you right from wrong. You have a, 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 a soul. A soul refers to a human being. That's what, and, and inside the soul is the mind and the emotion and the will and all that thing. And then the flesh is just a natural bent to, that we're, we're bent to do wrong. Do we teach people to do right or do we teach people to do wrong? When you got a two-year-old, you don't say, I want you to go hit your brother. I want you to learn how to do that. Because they automatically do that. What you got to do is teach them not to hit their brother, right? We don't teach people to do wrong. We teach people to do right. Yes? Right. The Holy Spirit and the human spirit are not the same. Some people assume that when you say you're born of the Spirit or you're born spiritually, that it means the Holy Spirit. But but being born again, uh, there are people in the Old Testament are born again. They don't have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit only comes in and indwells the body of Christ, the believers of the body of Christ. So we're really fortunate. Not only do we believe and get eternal life and our, our new creation in Christ, but the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us. So the Holy Spirit and the human spirit, the Holy Spirit is God. And... And in the church age, God, the Holy Spirit, actually permanently indwells every believer. But outside of that, he doesn't. In the Old Testament, they didn't have the Holy Spirit permanently indwelling. That's why David got the Holy Spirit as king of Israel. And when he sinned, if you remember in his psalm, he says, Oh, Lord, don't take your Holy Spirit away from me. He wasn't saying, I don't want to lose my salvation. He was saying, I don't want to lose my power. Because that was the power. Does that help at all? The, the soul... the the soul of a person is sort of that immaterial part that relates to the world. It's our mind and our emotions and our will. That's different than the spirit. The human spirit is a part of a human being that now relates to God, that can relate to God. Because we were dead in trespasses and sins, and he says in First Corinthians, the natural man, the soulish man, the Greek word there, the soulish man does not understand the things of God. They are taught by the Spirit. And so, yeah. Say it again now. The soul part of us relates to the world. Yeah. The human spirit relates to the Lord. 
Yeah, that's that's real good. Yeah, you did great. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, that's how it, that's how it fits. When you start looking at this, and you realize that we are we are unique in the sense that we have this body that holds us together, and we have this conscience, which is actually, and you can sear your conscience. You can do things wrong long enough that it doesn't bother you anymore. We all know that the Bible talks about a seared conscience. That you can keep doing something that's wrong enough, and eventually it doesn't bother you. And then you can have the soul, which is, uh, sometimes when it'll say, the soul that sins shall die, they're talking about a human being as a person who's going to die physically. When James says, save a soul, he's not talking about eternal life, he's talking about a physical deliverance. The soul deals with the aspect of a human being and their life. Flesh always deals with sin. Holy Spirit always is God, of course. And human spirit is a part of us that's made alive that we now can relate and talk to God and know Him. And Holy Spirit gives us spiritual gifts and we can exercise all of that stuff. But does that help? What else? What else? Any, yes. You have to talk loud. Okay, I don't know if I can hear you. Okay, two questions. Say that again. If someone what? Continues to sin. Continues to sin. Uh-huh. No. That's a great question. She said, if a person's a Christian and they continue in sin and they're, and they're, and they're just caught up in it and they just keep doing that, does that mean they might not be a Christian? Is that what, that was the question? The answer is no. That if, if, if you took that passage from the New American Standard, anyone who's born of God does not practice sin. You could say that, but the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says that we can continue to sin over and over again. Does that mean we're not a believer? No. In fact, the moment you believe in Christ, you're saved and saved forever. So sometimes there are Christians. All of us in this room can probably say there have been times in our lives or even now in which there are certain sins that we struggle with, that we do over and over. As Paul said, the things I don't want to do, I do. And the things I want to do, I don't do. And that's Paul the apostle. So it's possible that all of us could be struggling with certain things. That doesn't mean we're not a believer. Okay. Did you have a second question? Okay. Oh, David was, yes. No. Okay, the great question. David lived in a time in which they were under Mosaic law, and you you would be born again. Saul was born again. David was born again. And yet the Holy Spirit didn't come and permanently indwell every believer. Sometimes the Holy Spirit would come on a person, like a guy named Belazel, came on him to do certain things. And the Holy Spirit came upon David. It came upon Saul. Saul lost the, lost the Holy Spirit. didn't mean Saul wasn't a believer. It meant that Saul lost the power. So when David says, don't take your Holy Spirit away from me, he knows that the Holy Spirit was not permanently indwelling in him like it is for us today. So we, we got it made. I mean, we're, we're a lot. The church is different than any other time in history because the nation of Israel did not have the Holy Spirit indwelling every believer. The Holy Spirit came to give power at certain times and certain things. Okay, we better do one more question, but we're we're past time. Okay. Did Old Testament believers have the human spirit? 
Yeah, that's what's born again. Right. Great question. Did the Old Testament believers have a human spirit? Yeah, that's what's born again in a person. We come into the world dead and trespasses and sins. We're dead. And then it says, and he makes us alive. Remember Ephesians 2, by grace you've been saved through faith. It goes earlier. It says, by grace you're saved and he has made us alive in Christ. So being born again is being made spiritually alive. And that's why I call it, I put it the human spirit. You could just put spirit or spiritually alive, but it's, I just say that it's a, a new creation. And that's why I think Paul says, when I'm sinning, it's not me. And that's why I tell people all the time, how do we go around through life? Do we go around through life saying, oh, I'm just an old wretched sinner saved by grace? Or do we go around through life saying, I'm a new creation in Christ to live for his glory? We need to emphasize what Paul emphasizes. He's a new creation in Christ. That's why Paul said, put off the old, put on the new.